Mother's Day is this Sunday. Get the best blanket ever. That's also the best gift ever for Mother's Day with Miki Couture. Sandy and her staff are doing it again for Zone listeners, helping you get a ride on Mother's Day. 50% off now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at MinkyCouture.com. That's promo code ZONE50. That's Minky Couture for Mother's Day. Question of the day, PK. Ernie Johnson of TNT picks the Jazz to make the NBA Finals. How about that? <laughs> Space Loser at Maddie V Star says it's popular for talking heads to bash the Jazz or discredit them. We're not immediately Whoa. taking their side, but we're acknowledging that they are finally giving us credit. Why should we give they credit, Maddie, when it's one guy? And give him credit. Continue to bash all the other talking heads. It's popular for talking heads. You're telling me David Byrne thinks the Jazz are going to go all the way? Ha, <laughs> nice. Good pull. Some 80s music for you people. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit for being Letting honest. the days go by. All right. <laughs> wow, look at you go. <laughs> Might have listened to some talking heads back in the day. Hey, if the Jazz win it all, this will be a party. This will be a disco. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this ain't no party. This ain't no disco. How <laughs> bad. Burning down the house. <laughs> All right. All right, so here we go. <clears throat> Lots of you reacting to this. And uh, Kyoto Combat. Is that a video game reference that I don't know about? Because I'm listening to Talking Heads from the 80s. Jazz fans, when they hear a talking head talk poorly about the jazz, quote, why did they let these guys on TV? Jazz fans, when they hear the same talking head talking good about the jazz, this guy's the smartest guy in broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some of that going on. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's like politics. You're oh, my I, guy. You're not my guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Roar! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this Romney thing being booed has uh, attracted national attention. Yeah. All right. Well, if you voted for Romney and you support Trump, you you don't like the you don't like Romney. But if you didn't like Trump, oh Romney, Romney's just man. He's a principled man. He has integrity. He doesn't let party affiliation get in the way. Blah 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 blah. It it depends on if you tell me if you like Romney and if you don't. Well, then I know what you think of Trump. It's all politics. Now politics is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. And it's the same thing with predictions. If you like the prediction, wow, man, that's shrewd. You don't, well, what? Shaq doesn't think the Jazz are going to win. Shaq's a bum. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, legitimately, how many, I don't, I don't know, whatever the next show is. It could be one of the TNT guys. It could be somebody on ESPN. It could be somebody writing for your favorite website. Everybody's got to make a pick. It's, you know, it's part of what you got to do. So you make the pick. If they pick a team, how, how many teams, PK, could they pick right now? And you would say, okay, he's not just throwing darts at the wall, going for the clicks, trying to be outrageous. That team, it's legit if someone picks that team. Because I think the number right now, the number is usually two or three, and I think that number is ballooned. I've got a, I've got a couple numbers in mind, kind of the range, right? Five. Five, I think, is on the low end of what is legit right now. I can see I, going to eight and P and not eight. being ridiculous. 
No, that's ridiculous. So you're not eight? letting people pick Denver or Milwaukee, right? No. Okay, because no. that to get to eight, you have to let in the De- you have to let in Denver, Milwaukee. Ag- agreed. Okay, so to get to five, though, you could pick the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nets or the Jazz or the Suns, right? No, no, who'd, I put Sixers. So, so who'd you kick out of five then? Phoenix. Oh, okay. So Phoenix would be Team Six, but see, Phoenix, Phoenix can end up with the best record in the NBA. Why are they not a I legit pick? That. I mean, the Jazz. Just, getting the best record in the NBA doesn't necessarily mean you go to the finals. I agree. There, there's lots of examples that that is true. So that is a true statement. And Fact. I'm not necessarily sold on Philly, but somebody's got to come out of the East. And if you're in the NBA finals, you've got a shot. Right? You're mm-hmm. going to have a team coming out of the East. Whether they're good or not, it doesn't matter. And to me, Philly and the Nets, they're the two logical ones. They're the only two that I can come up with. Them, Milwaukee, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked. But I, I just – I have not been sold on Milwaukee, and it's not now. I said it last year, too. You remember I said it. I, I just don't think they're that good. Too top and, heavy, not enough firepower, not yeah. enough depth. Yeah, and they got a great player and a mm, pretty good player. Middleton's okay. Yeah. And then everybody else, I mean, they belong in the NBA. I understand that, but they don't really do anything for me. So, uh, but the East is not a powerhouse, so maybe they can come out. And I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, which was not going to be the last time. And I know people are <laughs> screaming at me that I probably do it all the time every day. But because I don't believe that the Jazz need to take incremental steps in the playoffs. I believe they've been in the playoffs a number of times, and they add Conley to the mix, and he's been in the playoffs a number of times. So I don't think that they need to win a couple of rounds before they can get to the finals. So I don't think they need to do that. I think they're primed right now. The window is right now. It's open right now. So with that in mind, I still think that Phoenix – needs to have some form of playoff experience. At least all the Jazz guys have playoff experience. Unless I'm missing somebody, they're not going to run somebody out there who doesn't have any playoff experience. Whereas the Suns, they have several guys who have zero playoff experience. Booker, Ayton, Bridges, Cam Johnson, guys who play critical minutes for that team have zero playoff experience. I think that's too much to ask. With the Jazz being who they are, and their youngest dude is a four-year veteran who's been the face of the franchise basically since day one in Mitchell to the point he's speaking at the commencement for the U of U. Great pick. I'm sure, and I read what he said and great talk and all that stuff. But the point being that even though he's 24, he has been thrust in a leadership role on and off the floor for this team for a number of years. So he's a savvy veteran, even though he's still a kid. And I think that that combined with the playoff experience and combined with losing in the playoffs, too, has made them a little bit tougher, a little bit more mentally tougher for sure, plus the talent that they have and the team that they put on there. I think they can overcome the fact that they don't have a ton of playoff success, even though I think they all have a fair amount of playoff experience. So I think think there's a difference between the Suns and the Jazz. Although, if the Jazz don't make it, I'll be the first to say I want to see Phoenix make it. Get a fresh face in there would be cool. You like the fresh face in the East, too? I guess Philly would count as a fresh face. They haven't been to the finals since Iverson. 
The Nets aren't sure. fresh faces. It's a fresh team, but you know they got three guys who've been among the NBA's elite, and two of them have won titles. Yes. So fresh face is kind of debatable when you're putting together a super team. Right, exactly. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. I, Milwaukee Phoenix. If it can't be the Jazz, I'll watch Milwaukee Phoenix. I know Milwaukee a lot of the Phoenix. country. A lot of the country will grumble. There will be much grumbling and probably lower ratings, right? Because more people are going to watch the Lakers that. play the sure, Nets. I understand that. But I, I don't, don't care. care I, I'm all about the Suns and Bucks. I, there's the, never the been the NBA Finals it. that I didn't watch. Yeah, right. So I mean, I've watched. I watched the Super Bowl. I watched the World Series. Blah blah blah. It's just I'm a sports fan, so I don't care about ratings. I never have cared about ratings. I care what I want to watch. And the ratings, to me, matter the most. So do you want two fresh faces, or do you want one Cinderella trying to take down a big dog? Because in sports, Cinderella trying to take down the big dog is always, to me, is always an attractive look. As opposed to two Cinderella's. Yeah, but I don't don't really care. The the, the playoffs are that they are that, and whoever advances. Because I'm not, I don't get worked up on individual teams. So that's just not who I am. So I'm fine with whomever. It does, it just doesn't matter. And I suppose, you know, I have Phoenix roots, and so I would like to see that. I mean, I have Jersey roots too, but what does that mean? And so if Brooklyn gets in there and they played for a number of years of Jersey and Harden went to issue and Nash Nash is beloved in the Valley of the Sun. So there's all sorts of stuff. That's why I normally don't get that. That's why I've always said that I don't root for the guys to go on. Oh, Alex Smith's from the U, so I have to root for him. Well, suppose he's playing against somebody who has two or three guys from the U on their team. What do I do then? So that's why I just they play, they play, and the winner wins and the loser doesn't. So I'm fine with whomever. But sure, if you want storyline, uh, I, I get the 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 Chris Paul storyline would be a great storyline. He's been a marquee player for a number of years, right? He does national commercials, and if you should and and Monty Williams, I love Monty Williams. Guy asked him, I meant to tell you this yesterday. So I'm listening, and I listen to Phoenix Radio when I go to the gym. I've said that a million times, and they they play the Zoom stuff just like we do, mm-hmm. and a reporter. Must I think it was a television guy down there says uh, after they lost to Atlanta says all right Monty you know now you've got these six games and they're all against playoff teams and and uh, blah 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 and he goes through the list and how tough it is and yada yada and then uh, Monty it's time for him to respond he says well every one of those teams has to play the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> That's the and I, Monty ride the freak on, man. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And Monty Williams has got a story to tell: losing his wife in a tragic car accident where she was killed. And if you ever have an opportunity, Google his. Uh, what do they call that uh, when they give the talk eulogy? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! You want a Christian man up there? He exemplified everything, and I just use the Christian faith because that's what he is. But uh, you, I would have just, uh, I couldn't have done it. I would have been so bitter. And he's up there talking about forgiveness and stuff. And his wife is in a coffin in front of him. What a blow. But yet he's such, such dignity. So if you're not a Monty Williams fan, something is absolutely wrong with you. So the point I'm making is really no matter who it is, you can build some storylines in there. Except the Lakers. I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm tired of them. All right, DJ PK coming up. We got David Locke. And then after that, we have jazz tickets to give away, PK. Ready to give away Sweet. some jazz tickets? What, what game? Yuck. Which game? 
Tonight's game, Denver oh, Nuggets. Even better. Friday night. Yeah. Friday night. You didn't have plans. You're about to. Friday night's all right for fighting and watching the Jazz. So we'll give away the <laughs> we'll give away tickets uh, after we talk to David Locke coming up at about eight fifty. So in about thirty minutes, we'll give away Jazz tickets, and then we got more tickets to give away in the nine o'clock hour as well. And we also got Ben Golliver, national writer for the Washington Post and author of Bubble Ball, coming up at nine o'clock. Uh, next, though, David Locke. He and I are going to talk turnover, steel cage match. Let's get ready to rumble. We'll do that next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Derek Favors with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So, Derek, 48 and 18 at this point. Is this about what you thought this team was capable of? And in addition to that, do you think this team is capable of going deep into the playoffs, contending for a title for real? No, I think we can definitely make a deep run in the playoffs, and I think we can continue to get better, especially on the defensive end and on the offensive end. I think we haven't reached our full potential yet, especially when Mike comes back, when, when Donovan comes back. You know, I think we'll be a scary team in the playoffs. Catch the big show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Live ball turnovers, which is opponent steals, and particularly live ball turnovers above the free throw line lead to automatic baskets are problematic. We've gotten better at that because with transition defense, it's gotten better. We used to be a bottom 10 team. We're now top 10 team transition defense. I heard the morning show was talking about turnovers. Call them tomorrow and tell them they're wrong. Have a great night. There's David Locke. He joins us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He doesn't join us now. Yak is still on the phone. Are you talking to David or is it ringing and he won't pick up? Because you, you played it. There's the powder keg right there. You lit the fuse. Now no answer. Well, great. He wants no part of you, man. No, he doesn't. And I've got a lot of things to say, but I don't want to say them until he's on the line. Then I'm just going to have to repeat myself. <laughs> he knows it was coming. I talked to him. Oh, I think he's looking forward I, to it. I think he loves this I stuff. Text him. I think he lives for this stuff. He's loving it. This will be like his favorite appearance in weeks. Call the morning show and tell, tell them they're wrong. wrong. I'm David Locke. I'm the authority. (laughs) (laughs) There's people on the team that might think we're wrong, too. I know. But you dig in your heels, man. I'm going to. I'm going to. Great. I like that even better. Finally. Ah. Anticipation. Sing that song. Wasn't it a catch-up commercial? Yes. David Ock's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you weren't on the air, but I just said he's looking forward to it. This is going to be his favorite appearance in weeks. Am I right? <laughs> well, I mean, I love talking to you guys every morning, so I mean, uh, that's okay. not any different. You know why? We I mean, just played the clip of you uh, telling people to call the morning show and tell us we're wrong. I, it, I, you know, I, I apologize. I heard the morning I, show I was talking about turnovers. Call them tomorrow and tell them they're wrong. Have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> I've been informed that it was not the morning show. It was just David James. Yes. <laughs> Which you would know if know you listen to the show. I don't know. I don't know who informed me of that, but it's, I've been informed. Oh, that, that was probably PK. 
<laughs> yeah. I have to say right here before we get into it, what you're doing here, I, I am used to because you, you owe PK money. Pay the man. I, you are what? stealing his shtick. Oh. This is classic PK. You take a shred of truth. You make your own argument. You hit somebody else with it after having defined the argument the way you want. And then you just step back and watch the smoke bellow. I, I mean, this is classic PK. Possibly do any. All right. So let me look. Oh, we're third in the NBA offensively. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good. I feel better if they were first. So we're third best in shooting. Yes. How do you feel about that? Good. Okay. Good. Feel okay, good. 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 Okay. Keep going. You're making my argument um, for me. I'm loving this. San Antonio is 18th in league offensively. How do you feel about that? Uh, I felt really good when the Jazz were beating the snot out of San Antonio for 96 minutes. Because <laughs> they don't, they they never turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma City is last in the league offensively. How do you feel about that? Awesome. So you don't want to be on either end of the spectrum on turnovers, right? But being in the middle and being 19th, like we were 25th and 26th, that wasn't great. Like you kind of didn't want to be in on the either end of the spectrum. Um, and this year, interestingly, there is actually a higher correlation between super high turnover teams and bad offense. That actually has not always been the case this year, more so than before. That does seem to be the case. Um, we've got some pretty bad teams that are down there. It's interesting. Um, you know, the Lakers actually are the one that's most interesting. They turn it out. They're the third highest rate of turnover in the league. Their offense is only 23rd. Um, but they have not always been a great team this year. So maybe that's, you know, they haven't had great players on the floor all the time. Um, but the truth on this is you actually just, all data shows you want to be kind of in the middle of the world. You don't want to be on either end of the spectrum. Right. If you're on one end of the spectrum, you're probably very heavy isolation, not a lot of ball. And the easiest way to reduce turnovers is not pass, right? That eliminates a big source of turnovers. If right. you were listening so, that morning, which you weren't, and that's part of the problem is that, you know, you heard what you were told. Uh, I said... I, trust, I, I mean, I trust my listeners to always give okay. complete and full story. Uh, you were... We were talking about the turnovers that I don't really care when they have 10 or 15 turnovers. But these games where they get to 18 or 20 turnovers, and you said a long time ago, and you're totally right about this, is that you know when you get three seconds in the key, when you get uh, traveling, when you get an offensive charge, it's a turnover, but you get to set your defense. You get Rudy Gobert back in the middle of the paint. You get everybody matched up. It's not as big a problem. But the live ball turnovers, especially above the free throw line, and when they get to 18 to 20 of them, they have them. And in some They've games in the 6 and 6 stretch. 18 or 20 live ball turnovers all year. Well, of course, when you have 18 or 20 in a game, it's a mix of offensive fouls, so travels, and favor. live ball turnovers. Then do me a favor. Don't talk about turnovers. Talk about opponent steals. Because you're you, I'll do you a favor. But Thank you. That's the, the number that matters. The 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 turnovers. We had, we had Joe point. Ingles on. Wait, wait, and can PK's, we make sure that everybody got that? What? The the number that matters is opponent bonus, steals. Yes. When you turn the ball over in the game, they steal it, and they get to break two on one or three on two. Occasionally. 
like with the Kings, Rudy has a chance to get back, and it's two on two, and he looks at one guy, and that guy passes to the second guy, and the second guy looks at Rudy, and he passes to someone trailing, and they end up taking an 18-footer, which they actually made, so they scored in that possession. But Rudy was literally flexing and celebrating the paint like, none of you want any piece of me. <laughs> that, but that doesn't usually happen. Usually it's two on one, and it's a bucket. Well, our transition defense is actually not any different than our half-court defense. It's, it's hard to blame the transition defense when the guys are behind the ball from the second it's turned over. Well, our transition defense is good when Rudy Gobert's back, and our half-court defense is good, good. when Rudy, Rudy Gobert's, Gobert's back. <laughs> but I mean, that's really, Quinn, that's Quinn. Really what it, the problem with transition defense is that Rudy's probably rolled to the rim, and now they're going the other way. Quinn loses okay. it on the turnovers at practice. You know that because a long time ago you used to be at practices. You're not yeah. anymore. But Joe, unprompted by us, hit him with what Joe said this week when we were asking about something else, and, and he went to it. We've got little like sayings or jokes within the team. Coach comes up with some crazy-ass name for like everything. There was one day that I'm assuming it was after we had like 30 turnovers and he was probably losing his mind and was 15 coffees deep at 5 a.m. and hadn't slept and he came in talking about throwing strikes. We'll be scripting through some offense, going through what we want to run for the next game. And if you don't throw a strike and it's a bad pass, coach is making that group go again and redo the whole play or set or whatever we're doing. Joe's not making stuff up. That was just on the money all the way. And that was because of a question not about turnovers, not live ball turnovers. That was a question about the number of his teammates that are now hitting his forehead with passes. His shooting pocket is now at his forehead. He's got this new quick release, and it's deadly. And he dropped that. I win, Locke! I win! (laughs) Well, but I actually think Quinn's touching on something very different. He's touching on live ball turnovers, even though... Joe says the no, 30 turnovers. No, I don't actually think he is. I really? Think he's talking about back. So the essence of this team is it's a catch-and-shoot team. And that's what makes us great. And the numbers on our catch-and-shoot are just astronomical. Like, it's just silly if you pull up our catch-and-shoot numbers, which I will in just a second. Um, and so what he's really talking about there is if you're being lazy with your passes and you're off the shooting pocket for your players, you're taking away our greatest strength. So our catch-and-shoot numbers from three, Joe Ingles 51%, Donovan 43%, George Niang 43%. Remember, these all count for three, so just times them by, times them by three to get there. Like, if you think about them as twos, this is actually, we'll do this. Well, we'll, here's the numbers if you think about them as twos, okay? Joe Ingles 76%, Donovan 64%, George 64%, Mike Conley 61%, Royce O'Neal 59%, Boyan Bogdanovich 58%, and Jordan Clarkson 56% on catch-and-shoot threes. That's what our whole premise of our offense is based on. Early offense threes, late get in the blender, get the advantage, kick it. The minute you get an open look, shoot the flipping ball (laughs) and make it a good pass so that you shoot it. Don't bypass good looks. So there it is. Did you dump me and take me off the air? Where'd you go? No, I was just letting what you said. It was truth. I was letting it settle in. I was letting people absorb it. Let me, let me, on this, on the data that we're talking about, because I, I, I do, I actually was having a great conversation with someone yesterday, and we were talking about how stupid the phrase advanced analytics is. And I was sharing that I've been criticized for a great deal of my career for the fact that I use these supposedly advanced metrics numbers. And I said, what drives me crazy about that is my job is to tell a story 
and the numbers that are out there don't tell that are traditional don't tell an accurate story and so it I don't know why we're criticized for trying to tell an accurate story. And these are not advanced analytics. In fact, there's no advanced anything that's being used. It's like we're not using algebra or calculus. Like it's division. So there's nothing advanced about it. All the arrogant little beeps that are out there that decide they want to act like they're Poindexter smart because they got their butts kicked by athletes their whole lives and want to act like I don't know why they're doing. It. I'm just making this up, but. Um, you know, and act like they're super smart, and so they called it advanced analytics, did a huge damage to it. The other number that's just a ridiculously bad number is points off turnovers. It needs to be points off steals. But if we commit a three-second violation because Rudy's in the post, or Rudy gets called for a travel or an offensive foul, and we go set our defense, that is not a point off a turnover. Yeah, I can the see website your point. In, I can see your point. The website Impredictable, if you're interested, does a very good job with this and actually has taken it out and has live ball turnovers versus um, real turnover, dead ball turnovers. Impredictable. I-N and then predictable. I think these live ball turnovers are going to be critical when they play a team. Let's say they play the Lakers and the Lakers are at reasonably full strength. Maybe LeBron's only 80% or whatever, but you get the point. You've talked about how great the Laker defense is and how hard it will be for the Jazz if they're not getting points in transition. If you're going against the Laker defense when it's set up, you're in trouble. They got length. They got a smart coach who's really invested in defense, and they're highly motivated. It's going to be a problem. And I just think the Jazz, if they are giving the Lakers free points with these live ball turnovers and sloppy passing and not throwing strikes, as Quinn says, then their odds of winning that series go right in the dumper. So, okay, I'm with you a little bit on this, but we're heading back into this round that I think is a little funky. Uh, Sure, if we we can avoid live ball turnovers, that's great, but... The other part of what we do is we get catch-and-shoot threes. We just talked about it. How do you get catch-and-shoot threes? Pass the ball. Drive into traffic, move the ball, swing it around. How do you turn it over? Drive the ball into traffic, pass the ball, swing it around. Right. So, like, we can get rid of the live ball turnovers, and we could just be horse crap, too. But the point is to be the to to beat the Lakers and to get to the conference finals, well, the NBA the finals, and win it all. You're going to have to be great. Yeah, right. You're going to have to take the risk and get the reward, and you're going to have to you're going to have to win way more of those little battles than you lose. Okay. And there what are times the live ball turnovers of opposing. What percentage of opposing possessions do you think are live ball turnovers? I have no idea what you just said, let alone be able to figure out the answer. <laughs> so, what percentage? Of opponents' possessions, do you think are coming off a live ball turnover? A very small number. 8%. Right, but you're the one who told us if, if, if a team gets five of those in a game and gets 10 free points, you're probably sunk. Right. And yeah, in this okay. stretch, when the Jazz went 6 and 6, a couple of those games, that's exactly why they lost. I was watching the game, sitting home watching the game, and your voice was ringing in my head. This is that, I mean, exactly what Locke said. was He's talking about. It's a fatal about. turnover. It's above the break turnover. Yep. Certainly. But, like, let's also get – do you want to know the team that has the lowest live ball turnover rate in the league? Well, yet I don't care about them. 
<laughs> I just don't. Because I watch the Jazz and all the stuff you've said they're good at. There aren't that many ways to beat the Jazz. These guys have only been beaten 18 times this year, and some of them are scheduled. The league gives you nine road games in a 10-game stretch. You're going to drop some games. If you lose two of your three All-Stars for a stretch of games, you're going to drop some games. Right? right so there aren't that many ways to beat the Jazz. Here's what's bothering me about this conversation. Yeah. Here's what's bothering me about this conversation. It's a neat conversation to say, well, we've got to stop our live ball tournaments. Sure, we do. Mm-hmm. But, like, pragmatically, how are you doing that? Well, Without Quinn is... reducing who we are as a team... Quinn's been asked ...and losing this. all of our strengths. Quinn's been asked this multiple times. I've seen him say it multiple times. He says... It's as simple as don't throw the ball to the guy on the other team because some of these turnovers have been horrifically soft. Literally, there's a guy standing in the passing lane and somebody throws the ball, and multiple players have been guilty of it. Right, right up to Donovan, who's obviously the best player on the team and driving the offense. You know, Rudy drives the defense, but he drives the offense. And it was, I don't know if it was in Washington or when they played Toronto and Tampa, he had the ball in the backcourt and threw a 40 foot pass right to a guy. And sometimes the camera catches Quinn, and he's just, like, looking at the floor. It's a Lavelle Edwards, I'm looking at the floor because I don't want everybody to see what is written all over my face. It's not productive. So I feel like the guy who does it more than anyone else mm-hmm. is Joe. He drives the lane. He gets caught in the air. The pass out to the corner is not available because they've sagged down. He can't get to Rudy. He's in the air, and he tries to hook it back out up top. He gets yeah. intercepted the other way. Joe is also a top 10 in the NBA pick and roll player. Like I just am a, I, I understand what everyone's saying and I'm not saying they don't matter. And I'm saying you, and I'm not saying like you don't want to be on the fringes, mm-hmm. but I think they have to be looked at as an ingredient in the pie. And the pie right now has us as the third best offensive team in the league. And as Joe is one of the top 10 pick and roll players in the league, like, Jordan Clarkson doesn't turn it over. He also doesn't pass. Uh, you know, he's up to averaging four assists a game. I'm over saying seven it games. with a little tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, like, no, but he's changing. PK, PK demanded on the radio one morning, and literally it happened. It was the no, freakiest he went, thing. He went too far, and he circled back. He's great. He's a great <laughs> teammate. Like he's, I mean, like he's, one, he's a truly awesome teammate, and so he's very aware of people around him, and he's just an incredible human, like just how interesting he is. And so he's not a jerk. And so, yeah, he went too far for a little while during the stretch of the season, and he's brought it back. Good for him. Like, uh, I really was fully tongue-in-cheek there, trying to, like, lighten the conversation a little bit. But I just think that that's, like, we just have to look at live ball turnovers are not good, but, like, there's butter in my chicken pot pie, and that's not good for me either. (laughs) But my chicken pot pie is freaking great. I've never been a chicken pot pie fan. And our offense is a chicken pot pie that is awesome. All right, PK, we beat this into the ground. What do you want to know other than this? I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, this just You were uh, looking forward to it. I don't want to disappoint you. You you two guys, man, can just go around and around. My head's spinning. Uh, and, and I've been having some internal conflict myself with this number one seed because I thought, well, two with health doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But now I've, I keep going back and forth. As of right now today – I think the number one seed really matters. What do you think? Oh, I think it changed last night. I think it became wildly important. Which is why I went as of today. Yeah, I mean, I think the chances, you know, it's not set and a lot can change. But the most likely scenario, well, it's 
become all almost impossible if the Lakers are the five seed. Right. Agreed. It's going to okay. be the Mavs. Right. So the Mavs are the five seed. Yeah. Now, whether we really want to play Luka over the Lakers right now, I actually think is semi-debatable. Like, I, I'm actually moving toward, at some point, a team that has just not played together and not been healthy all year long just does not click back in. Like, they're, the Lakers, are, I feel like they're actually teasing me just far enough to make me believe. Like, you know, I asked the Lakers to the prom, and they actually, you know, I think probably maybe. And now I'm believing that that's a yes. Um, because I think that like they, it's just like when AD went out last night, I was just like, okay, like it's just, and then the weird quote by Frank Vogel after the game. And it just feels like there's just an, and their locker room quotes of four nights before were really bad. It just feels like and Andre Drummond's not good. And like, you know, I think there's just enough there that I'm actually beginning to think, you know what, part of the reason the Lakers are going to be sixth or seventh is because right now they're actually the sixth or seventh best team. Now they get LeBron and AD back, and they're all healthy, and everything's perfect and copacetic like it was last year, and that changes. But I'm not totally convinced that that, that actually happens. So I think, you know, I'm not sure I'd love playing Luke either. But, my, but, yes, I think what is clear here is that all of a sudden it's clear the Lakers are not going to be five if the Jazz win tonight then the Clippers most likely become three. Like, or it increases the Clippers' chances of being three. And now all of a sudden, if you're one, the Lakers and Clippers are sitting in the other side of the bracket. Whether they're sitting at 3-6 or 3-7 is not clear, but they're sitting on the other side of the bracket. And you- now you're playing the winner of Denver-Dallas in the second round, which you, if you're the number one seed and legit, you should be. Do you think the Jazz are clearly better than the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray? Do we have Donovan and Mike Conley? Uh, man, by the second round, I assume so. Uh, for the purposes of this, let's just say yes. Whether it happens or not, yeah, let's just say I, yes. I think they're after they have two of the top ten best offensive players on their roster right now in Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is Clay Thompson in Kevin Durant's body and is incredible. Uh, I think only having two of them as a series develops, is going to be problematic for them. Um, I do think, I mean, Jokic is so great. If you can find a way to reduce Jokic's playmaking for others to some extent while they're, while those players are limited, you, over a course of a series, the Jazz could win that series. Um, in other words, Jokic makes everyone else so much better than they actually are because he's that special that if you can eliminate that aspect and make those guys just be who they are, I think you're better off. You have a chance. All right, there it is. We will yeah, leave I mean, it. I would think I would comfortably take the Jazz healthy over the Nuggets and the Mavericks in a seven-game series more so than maybe any of the other playoff teams. The Mavericks is not easy, though. Chris Depps pulls Rudy out. Dorian Finney-Smith is making his threes, and Luka is, you know, the second-best offensive player in the NBA. Maybe third. Maybe fourth. <laughs> Man, the league is loaded right now. The league is loaded with offensive players. I was so trying to figure great. out, hmm, I wonder who he's ruling out immediately. Well, here. one is Jokic, and so then Durant is two, and Steph is three, and then Luka's by four. And now you've just given LeBron some serious bulletin board material if he gets healthy. He's not the same. 
Like, he's incredible, and he was amazing in the playoffs, but he's 36. Like, he's not the same. He's great, but he's not the same. He's not like 29-year-old LeBron right now, let's be honest. Kawhi Leonard is the one I gave bulletin board material to. He's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us every week. He's got games tonight, Jazz Nuggets, and tomorrow night, Jazz Rockets, right here on the Zone Sports Network. 7 o'clock tonight, 8 o'clock tomorrow. David, thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. Opponent steals. (laughs) Quinn's losing his mind. 30 turnovers, no sleep, 15 cups of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) All true, by the way. See ya. All right, DJ and PK coming up next. We've got to give away tickets to see the Jazz and the Nuggets tonight, and we'll do that in the next segment. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This segment is brought to you by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now. You can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing. For your free bid. All right, we've got jazz tickets to give away from uh, now to the end of the show. we got a pair to give away in this segment right now. We're going to go old school. I'm going to open the phones, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE, caller number 12. Right now, you're going to see the jazz and the nuggets tonight. So call right now, Yak. Is standing by, ready to give away a pair of tickets. Now, PK, we're going to give away some more tickets in the nine o'clock hour. You want to set it up? Tell the folks how we're going to how we're going to launch these out into the universe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that in order to win a championship, everybody has to pull together, and there has to be certain individual sacrifice. Right? There's no question. You for the good of the cause, you have to sacrifice and make it bigger than yourself. I think everybody would agree with that. We've heard about that many times. And we think that the Jazz have a legitimate shot this very season to win the ship. So with that in mind, since we all have to sacrifice to one degree or another, depending on what our role is, what are you willing to sacrifice for the Jazz to win the NBA title and to be crowned the best for the 2020 21 season. Think about it, people. Mull it over. We're going to open the phones at 930. You can also use, if you can't stay on hold, you're working, use your phone, grab our app, use the open mic feature, and send us your takes. We'll also open the phone line, so either way, you'll have a chance to win. And we'll do that coming up at 9.30. All right, Yak is taking those of you who are calling right now, 855-340-ZONE. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're talking NBA basketball with Ben Golliver, both about the race this year. He's an uh, NBA writer for the Washington Post, and we'll get his take on this year and also the book he's got out, uh, Bubble Ball, about uh, everything that happened behind the scenes to make last season happen and create the now defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. We'll talk with Ben next. Stay with us.